There's a war on for the soul of America, an ideological, political, and spiritual war. Will America abandon her place as a last beacon of hope in an ever-darkening world? Or will she rise again and lead the world into a new era of freedom and prosperity? I am your host, Phil Hotzenpeller, and this is American Faith Battleground. Welcome you to a special teaching in the book of Revelation. We've called this Revelation the Apocalypse. I'm Pastor Dave Scarlett with His Glory Ministries Worldwide, and I'm joined by my friend. I'll let him introduce himself, the one, the only. Hey, Pastor Dave, good to see you, and always good to be on air with you. You know, we're going to be talking about the book of Revelation, and as a pastor of Influence Church in Anaheim, uh, California, you know, we're, we're called many, many times to talk about what's happening in the news and how does that relate to the Word of God. And in addition to that, I, like you, ha have a news media outlet called AmericanFaith.com where we try to bring, you know, the truth to bear on what's happening and try to try to relate that to a Christian worldview. So I think our study in the book of Revelation, I've been so excited about it mm -hmm. because we've talked about it forever. And finally, it's coming to fruition now that where we can actually dive into the book and uh, dig some nuggets out. Hopefully, we're going to be super practical and super basic for everyone so everyone can at least feel like they've, they can understand it, they can follow along with it. And, uh, and so I'm just, I'm thrilled. That, yeah. That's all I can say. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled too. Just to uh, share this with you, it's, it's going to be a great study. Many people, uh, just hundreds and hundreds of emails come in. When are you and Pastor Phil going to start this study in the book of Revelation? And because of our schedule, we're going to put a couple, we're going to put them all together and then we're going to start releasing these out. We're going to go chapter by chapter of the book of Revelation mm -hmm. until we're finished. But why don't you share with the, with the audience why it is important to understand the book of Revelation today? Because as you know, many churches do not teach the book of Revelation or they take a, let's just study, study the seven letters uh, to the seven churches and that's just about it. Right. Well, one of the things that, that kind of sets the stage is that it says God does nothing unless he first reveals it to his, his sons, the prophets. Right. So God in scripture wants us to understand the idea of something prophetic. And when we say that, we're talking about in this context, something God reveals in the past that has application in the present, but real application in the future. So when you understand the book of Revelation, at least even on a, on a very surface level, you understand something about hope. Yeah. Because even though there are, there are a lot of ups and downs in the book of Revelation in terms of content and challenges and tribulation and bad characters, it really does have this huge element of hope in it because uh, it finishes out with the second coming of Jesus Christ, with eternity, with the new Jerusalem, and with this idea of God with man in a new garden now, not the garden of Eden where, where, Eve, where the tree of knowledge of good and evil was, but rather where only the tree of life is. So when you kind of put it in that context, it helps. It also becomes a filter for what's happening today. Mm -hmm. So we can read it and say, is any of this happening today? 
Can we make sense of this? And of course, with the world being the way it is and the conflicts that happen globally, it's not hard to say this sounds like that, is it? And those are some of the kind of questions we want to ask and we want to try to answer. That's right. <clears throat> the word, the, the book of Revelation is the revealing. It's, it's from the Greek word apocalypse. And we hear the mm -hmm. word apocalypse and we think, oh, apocalypse, everything is melting down and it's horrible. But it could be the complete opposite because the Lord is coming back as King of Kings, Lord of hosts. It means to uh, reveal uh, a, a, a revelation, literally manifestation, laying bare, uh, making naked, exposing. Uh, but the, but the, the great news of that is the light of Christ is coming out and he's revealing himself. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation. Right. And, and it's interesting because we talk about the revelation of John. It's actually the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yep. It's him, as you said, this is what I'm all about. This is how this is going to play out in the end. And through this study, Dave, we'll be, we'll be bringing people into other scriptures like the book of Matthew, for example, you know, say, well, how does that relate? I read something in Matthew 24 about the second coming, about rapture, about wars and rumors of war. How does that relate? We're going to pull that in. Right. Uh, Isaiah has got a lot to say. Ezekiel, a lot to say. In fact, Remember what Jesus said. It says uh, that there's coming a time where it's going to be as it was in the days of Noah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to go back to the book of Genesis. Yeah. It, he also, in that same scripture, as it was in the days of Lot. So believe it or not, one of the great things that can help you understand Revelation and end times is a study of what happened in Noah's day, what happened in the days of Lot. Yeah, absolutely. And this is uh, the only book of the Bible that I know of. Maybe you can correct me, but Revelation 1-3. Blessed is he who reads and, uh, and those who hear the words of this prophecy and to mm -hmm. keep the things which are written in for it is the time is near. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I've certainly been heard saying that and quoted saying that. So I, I really affirm that. But think about how basic that is. It doesn't say blessed is he who understands it. Mm -hmm. It says when you read it, when you hear it, and then he uses a really unique word there. He uses the word keep. Yeah. And keep is such a powerful word. First time it's used, to my knowledge, was when God told Adam he was to keep the garden. And if you look that word up in the Hebrew, it's a word that literally means to place a hedge of thorns around something. It's the idea of keeping something out. So Adam's job was to keep out, right, uh, Satan. And then when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? He placed a, a cherubim with a flaming sword at the entrance of the garden to keep them out. Cain is then asked by God, are you my, uh, he said to God, am I my brother's what? Keeper. Keeper, yes. So, so key words are going to help us a lot. And when you see this, I got to keep it. What I got to do, I got to keep it. I got to protect it. And I've got to protect anybody from stealing the word out of me because the book of Revelation, ever since it's been written, has always been controversial. Mm -hmm. This goes, well, what is John talking about? What era? This may, some people will say this only applies to the first century under you know, despotic Roman kind of leaders. But no, it is actually something we keep, we treasure, we ponder because it is a protector for us. Right. It gives us hope. Jesus is called the blessed hope, and we're going to read about him in the book of Revelation. It's also about completion, and uh, I think as A.W. Pink 
in his commentary on the book of Revelation, has over 107. Sevens will see consistently through this, and this is the completion. Seven is the number of completion. 843 references to the Old Testament. That's another reason I believe Revelation 1-3 is blessed is he who reads the, this prophecy because mm-hmm. to understand the book of Revelation, you have to understand the entire Old Testament because the symbols explain themselves when we go through the New Testament. Yeah, that's good. But now, now Dave, let me just kind of, just for uh, those who are, you know, a part of this uh, this family that, that study and read and learn, um, they don't have to know all the Old Testament, but they're going to they're gonna learn some of that through the study, right? Right. Yeah. So as, as we see something, we go, oh, this is, and we'll take them back. You know, one of the, one of the real dominant um, kind of images and types and symbols in the Old Testament was the lamb. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to see the lamb of God when we start hitting, you know, Revelation 4, Revelation 5. And we want to take them back to Passover. We want to take them back to what does it mean to be the Lamb of God? And what is this Lamb who is standing, but it looks as though he's been slain? Right. And that, of course, is the resurrected Jesus Christ. Right. And Christ himself gives us seven letters to seven churches. That's our message of what we're supposed to do uh, to get closer to him. And those are our, our, you know, our, our, our marching orders for his purpose and his glory. So those seven letters are extremely important. There were seven literal churches, but it also looks at the, the church age. And we are, no question, I, I believe, in the church of Laodicea today. Yeah, you bring up a great point that, that I think we will talk about in greater depth. But each one of those not only speak about a literal church, yeah. but they also speak about what seems to be a period of time where we can go back and go, we are in a period of what? Which church are we most like? And I think I agree with you that it's the church of Laodicea. It is the lukewarm church that has lost its first love. And that's not every church, of course. But I I think we see so many churches, especially in this previous season of, you know, shutdowns. And we saw a lot of churches that just weren't willing to stand or not even reopen. Um, But what we want to do is we want to we want to encourage uh, not just leaders and individuals. We want to encourage whole churches to say, no, go back into this book, read it, study it, let it be a part of your life, and, and let it just inspire you because you're going to see martyrs in this book. Yep. And the martyrs are crying out, God, when are you going to vindicate? When are you going to settle the score, so to speak, you know, with all the bad people on planet Earth? And God has 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 this amazing ability that's called omniscience. That means he's all-knowing. Yes. And he sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, and he is the first and 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 the last, and, and all these things come together. God has a plan. So when you get discouraged by what you see evil men doing in, on planet Earth, do not be discouraged. God has got a plan. Um, I was thinking about Pharaoh the other day and how it says of Pharaoh that I raised him up for this very purpose that I might display my glory. Yeah. So here's this guy that's got the most opulent, you know, you know, kingdom on earth at the time or one of them. And God says, no, I gave you that glory only so I can get glory. Mm-hmm. So God is, is about make, taking all the pieces of this great puzzle called life and revelation and, and history, putting all those pieces together. And little by little, we say, oh, now I understand. Now I see what's going on. 
Yeah, just like the prophet Isaiah told us, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We have mm -hmm. to take the 66 books by more than 40 authors. It's an integrated message system that we bring that all in to know his truth. And that mm -hmm. truth for the book of Revelation, uh, I just cringe when I hear pastors and churches that don't teach us because this is the revealing of the Messiah. This is the revealing of Christ. This is the revealing of our uh, eternal kingdom. It needs mm -hmm. to be taught with, with hope and glory because it ends well. Yeah, and I think, uh, Dave, a lot of pastors don't do it because they went through a, maybe a, a system of learning, a school or a seminary or whatever, and they didn't teach it. And so a lot of them just don't even know how to jump into this. I, I like to say Revelation is really simple. And then when, and I love the reaction when I see people. And they go, well, what do you mean it's really simple? I said, well, you kind of go through the introduction, you know, the seven churches. Then you've got the rapture. You've got John elevated to heaven, Revelation 4.1. And everything he's writing is from heaven to earth. Yep. Okay? So you got four and five. Then chapter six. So here's, here's the second piece of this puzzle. And this six through 19 is tribulation. Then 19 through the end of the book is all about eternity, second coming and uh, great white throne judgment. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you find yourself in six through 19, there's going to be a lot of bad stuff going on. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> but that's, that's your section. Okay. So think about it in three sections. So if you say, okay, if I really kind of understand the basics of the first section through chapter five, and I understand the basics through chapter 19 through the end of the book. Okay, now in the center section, there's a lot of bowls and symbols and, and images and, and everything going on here. How do I put that to peace? Well, you do it little by little, you know? And then you can take some highlights, like, so, okay, we're going to go to chapter 13, and here's the Antichrist, you know? And let, let's, we'll figure that guy out, okay? What's it saying about him? Okay, then we can go to chapter 14 and we read about the, the angel that, that cries out with the everlasting gospel to every tongue and people and tribe on planet Earth. And chapter 11, and we've got the two witnesses and, and we've got the 144,000. Okay, you see what we're doing is we're just taking and putting some markers down so that it doesn't become so, so ominous because it's big. It is. I mean, it's only 22 chapters. It's big. There's a lot of stuff in here. And it's so for today. I mean, it's, the scripture is always for today. As 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scriptures God breathed for our doctrine and our edification it is for today. But if we look around the world events and what we've gone through the last two years and the beginning of the, the, the beast system, uh, rumors of wars, Matthew 24 that you uh, talked about earlier, we're definitely in that time period that he is about to reveal himself. We're in that area that Joel talked about in uh, Joel 2, the day of the Lord. So the imminent return of our Messiah is there. We look at the Temple Mount. I just spoke with a rabbi last mm. week, and he said every element is ready to go for the third temple. And I asked him a simple question. I said, if you got to go tomorrow to build a third temple, how long would it take to do the first sacrifice? And he went through all the moons and all the different things that they need to do in the Jewish tradition, and he said, Exactly three and a half years. I said, that's wow. fascinating. That is a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and okay, let me just, you baited the hook here. Okay, Dave, tell us why that's significant. Because that's the abomination of desolation that the prophet Daniel talked about and Jesus tells us about in the book of Matthew that this would be the, 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 the midpoint where the Antichrist goes into the temple and declares that he is God. 
All right, let me back up a little bit because I agree 100%. So the tribulation period is seven years long. Halfway through that is where Antichrist basically invades this sacred space, takes his seat in the temple of God and declares himself to be God. That begins the period of the great tribulation that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24. And uh, I don't know if we'll have the ability as we go down the road here, but it might be helpful to put some charts up, help people kind of get a visual, oh, this is what that is, and make that available. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea because people need to see uh, how important and how important God, uh, as you said earlier in Amos 3.7, he doesn't do anything unless he tells his bondservants, the prophets first. We know Mm -hmm. that 27.5% of the Bible is prophecy. He wants us to know things before they happen so that we trust in him. And uh, my my mentor was Chuck Missler, as I told you. He used to always tease and say, uh, what's the the book of the Bible that we should start a new Christian in? And I think you alluded to this. He said, put them in the book of Revelation because they're going (laughs) to sink or swim. (laughs) Oh, my. That sounds like Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's a a pretty deep dive right there. Yeah. you know, and I and I really do believe it can be an encouragement to people if they if they have someone that they can kind of lean on. And so we want to be that that uh, those people that you can lean on and listen as you read it, so you don't feel like like I'm lost. Where where do I go with this? And sometimes people will rush out either and buy a book or they'll or they'll look online, and and that's perfectly fine to do. Mm-hmm. But to remember that uh, even that can be. There's the books are all over the. They go everywhere. I mean, they go in every direction. Uh, what we'll try to do is we're just going to stay with the Bible, yeah. just make it simple. And uh, remember that people reading, whether it was in the third century, the second century, the 14th century, whatever, they didn't have commentaries. Right. They didn't have cool stuff, right, like we got. What they had was they had the Holy Spirit and they had the Scriptures. And if they were fortunate, they had maybe a teacher in their midst that could help guide them. So what we want to do is kind of follow that same model. Mm-hmm. We're going to, this is the primary tool we're going to have is the word of God. Holy Spirit is going to be the ultimate teacher and guide through this study. And then we're going to be those human teachers that'll kind of help guide. We don't have all the answers, but what we do have, we'll try to pass on to you. There may be points where I scratch my head and I go, I don't know, Dave. And uh, just bear with us. We're, we're also working through a lot of the details as we go through the study. I want to thank you for listening to American Faith Battleground. 